0: Sports talk for real sports fans.
1: Seventeen hundred the champ. Good afternoon. Welcome in once again. It's the drive on seventeen hundred the champ. Trenton Wolfgang taking you home on a Thursday afternoon. It'll be the four, final edition of the program for this week. We're off tomorrow. Wolfgang's off tomorrow. I'll be working tomorrow as uh, we will bring you and I basketball four thirty start as they play in their tournament down in the Virgin Islands in the Paradise Jam. They get the University of Penn. and Penn team playing pretty well to begin the season. They get them in the opening round with the win. More than likely, they'll see Kansas State in the semifinals. Other side of the bracket, you got Missouri, Oregon State, Old Dominion over there. But uh, opportunity certainly here for you and I. Build their resume. Lost earlier uh, in the non-conference against Texas Arlington. Pretty good program out of the Southland on the road. But a chance to bounce back. Get a victory, and then tomorrow night we'll have the Dolly Catholic Championship game in Class 4A against Cedar Falls. So what are you doing with your three-day weekend, Wolfgang? What do you got on tap?
2: Well, I think it's a whole bunch of family stuff. We got to uh, rake again so that all our leaves don't blow in other people's rake yards. So we're going to have to get up early because I don't— No,
1: oh, that's what the wind's for.
2: Oh, wow, you're one of those neighbors.
1: I don't got—you always... think I got time to rake
2: I always thought you might be one of those good neighbors. We'd like, you know. I mean, everybody. I work 100 like a hours Con- a week. You think I got time
1: to rake leaves? <laughs>
2: maybe you put on your headphones and you listen to the Trent Connan Wolfgang podcast. Yeah, I listen to it
1: every day. I'm here for it. Yeah. Why do I got to listen to uh, it again?
2: Well, maybe you learn something, man. Seriously, I hear listen myself to our picks talking. Later, um, listen to our picks, man. You learn Oh, something.
1: There's a good call. We're ma- making people money. Wolfgang over four weeks has made twelve hundred dollars and her thousand dollars of fake money we gamble with each and every week. <laughs> I, on the other hand, though I'm winning money up four fifty. And I'll tell you what, if I was actually doing that well as it pertains to my real gambling, I'd be feeling a lot better than what reality is.
2: I need you to explain that to me because there's some picks that you decide to go on record. And obviously we haven't been doing college basketball. So I think you're doing, I think you said in the commercial break, you're doing pretty good. Actually better than pretty good, if I if I remember correctly. Yes. Um how are you deciding which picks to go with? How much are you going 200 bucks versus 300 bucks versus fake money versus real? I mean, what? Because you're doing well on
1: the air. I am. I, I'm doing well on the air, but I don't know. I, I don't know how I kind of get to it. I just got to have action on everything. That, that's my problem. And that's that's why I don't gamble a lot. That's why I'm not gambling hundreds and thousands of dollars at a time because I got to have action all the time. You know, summer night. I'll bet on four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten baseball games.
2: I bet your neighbors are about ready to murder you for not raking your lard. I'll tell you that.
1: that. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They know I'm busy. I don't got time for that stuff. And again, that's what the win's for. You know, my neighbor across the way, Alan, he's retired. He's got plenty of time. He loves taking care of his yard. Let him have all his
2: <laughs> Don't you hate those people that love that? What's oh, wrong yeah. with you, for real?
1: It is immaculate across the street, and then the Condon household. Well, it's a different story <laughs> over there. We got a busy program coming up for you today. As mentioned, late in the program today, we'll be making our picks against the spread for the week as we play with our thousand dollars of fake money. We'll be doing that at about five forty-five. Before that, coming in today, Chris Dobertine. He'll help us break down Iowa Oregon tonight. What are we missing here? We're going to talk about that in a moment, and more college basketball with Chris Dobertine coming up here in about fifteen minutes. Pete Mundo. We'll take a look at the Big 12 with us. Iowa State, Texas, certainly going to be at the forefront of that conversation as the Cyclones make their way down and look to keep their Big 12 championship game hopes alive with the win on the road in Austin against the Longhorns. That comes your way at 440, then 520. It'll be Zubin Mahente from ESPN. All right, Zubin. I mentioned it, Wolfgang. Help me out. Yesterday we talked about the opening line came out. Right away I jumped aboard. I anticipated some of the numbers that I use I had this more in the range seven and a half, eight and a half. I had one number system that had Oregon favored by twelve and a half over the Hawkeyes tonight at Madison Square Garden. The line comes out, I kind of scratch my head and it it has stayed there is the other compelling com- compartment. So using kind of gambling as a crutch here, and, and that's that's why I believe gambling is important to talk about you know, sports talk. <laughs> Thank no, you
2: for that. So yeah. No,
1: no, I really do. I, I believe you can learn a lot, and you can understand these games in a better way, looking deeper. Oh, there's no doubt. Because on the surface, before this point spread came out yesterday, and we had to give a score prediction, I would have been Oregon eighty-two seventy-two. You know, something like that. That that's that's where I would have been beforehand. And I'm reevaluating, and I'm looking at a bunch of different things, and I'm hanging out on Ken Pomeroy all day, and I'm just, what am I missing here? What are you missing here? Because I think you're in the same boat. Why do people believe that this is going to be a tight game, that this thing's going to come down to the wire for the Hawkeyes? Or is it just because we're so burned by what happened last year, the huge disappointment of Iowa basketball, we can't see the forest through the trees?
2: I think there's definitely something to that, Trent. Um, I don't think I'm negative as most on that. I, I admitted to you yesterday that I've been hyping up the defense for Iowa a little bit more than I've actually seen. I've been like, wanting it to be there. It's mm-hmm. not there. Is it better? Yeah. How good does it actually have to be? Very interesting. Your thoughts on the number system, Trent? It'd almost be fun to do a segment, maybe a podcast that we would actually put over the radio before we actually come in on Monday to where we predict the spreads. Maybe nobody would listen to that, but it'd be fun. You'd kind of know which games you should bet on, right? If you're predicting somebody to be a seven-point favorite and they're a you know a fourteen-point favorite, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you understand how that would yeah, be. That'd yeah. be kind of a fun thing. I'm sure there's tons of people that do that, but. Um, I don't know I, have you ever actually written it down like, i do I do it every week. you really do, so that's how you pick the games that you want, seeing how wrong you think vegas is it's
1: it's not an automatic, but it's a baseline. For I me. love that. that that's where I start my conversation. That's usually my my Sunday night has that get the well, it used to be the notebook paper, and uh I could show you some notebooks from years and years <laughs> back and now of course, you got the phone and I just put it in there and open up the notes section and and type away there, but yeah, that's where I start things and see how far I'm off, and then what am I missing? What am I missing in this game? What do my numbers come out to? And uh, I do a lot of different things. You know, all the work that I put into it, though, Well, what's the point? What's the point of it? Because it's not like I make money doing this. You I
2: don't. I, I just got great 45 seconds out of you, man. I saw frustration in your eyes. I saw piss and vinegar <laughs> spewing from every orifice. I mean, it's fun. I like that stuff. You're into it. You don't go crazy. I'm not going to tell what people what you bet, but you, it's a fun thing. You're not killing yourself. You're not draining your bank account or anything like that. So it's it's no big deal. I don't want anybody to think that. So cuz you're not. Um but the Oregon thing, Trent, I'm listening to you. Mm-hmm. I'm we know Iowa pretty good. Are we coaches? No. Are right. we experts? Uh no. But we kind of know Iowa pretty well. We kind of know Oregon. They're a good program. Um so it's one of those things where it's fun to see what these what Vegas is saying or what all, what all the bookies are saying and where they're putting the mark. What are we missing, man? It's one of those things where I would probably stay away from this because I haven't bet basketball yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in there. I know that's probably stupid because that's where you can actually get them before they actually understand other. But I trust myself to, to know enough. If I watch enough that I could find that I might end up being wrong, obviously. And I probably will be end up being wrong. But, I mean, I, it's one of those things where people that I really, really trust want to bet their kids college education on it, Trent. Yeah, you I'm don't. not joking. Mean, I am joking, but I'm not joking. I I don't get like some of these people are texting well, don't, yeah. me. Don't don't. I mean, don't do on. that. So I'm exaggerating. No. I'm totally exaggerating. But I don't get a lot of texts from some of these people, and I know they know their stuff because we used to go to games, and they still watch and they listen. And every once in a while, I get a text, and I'm getting texts and private message tweets, and they're like, "Should I do it, man? <laughs> <laughs> Should I do it? I mean, you could just t- I can see them. I mean, and I haven't even talked to these people for ten years, but I could just. Literally hear them mouth-breathing going, I should do it, shouldn't I? And I get why people are saying that.
1: You should. There is no sure thing in gambling. There are no automatic locks. It feels that way. Now, a couple of points here. Oregon's going to be without one of their top players. Lewis King not going to play. He's going to be out still for a while. And part of the preseason rankings and expectations for Oregon were that, just that. King was a big part. In fact, he might be a better NBA prospect than Bull Bull. I've heard some people say that. And Bull Bull more than likely is going to be a lottery pick at the very least at the next level. Into the game. How does Iowa guard Bull Bull? Is it strictly Tyler Cook gets that matchup right away? Are they going to be mixing? If you haven't seen him play, he is an incredible player to watch. Seven foot two. Of course, the shot blocking, like his father had, Manute Bull, that you'd anticipate. But he can step out and hit threes, he can stretch the floor. I mean, th- this is perfect for Tyler Cook, though. I mean, you want to play in the league? Here's an NBA guy. Let's see how far Tyler Cook has come.
2: That just pumped me up right there. Because if there's anything that should get him going, which I- I've kind of liked him so far, haven't you? I like his mm-hmm. unselfishness. I think he's he wants to win. He wants to make it to the league. I get that. But I also think he's going to be unselfish. We're going to find out real quick. And you're right. This is where you start measuring yourself against people and experts that actually think this Bull Bull guy is actually going to be something special. I would be surprised. I'm sitting here looking at this, Trent, in a preseason basketball magazine and a preseason website. They've got Bull Bull as the number 5 true freshman in college basketball. Guess who they don't have?
1: Zion Williamson? Exactly. Zion was dunking on people last night. It was Eastern Michigan. But still, that was fun. That was fun to watch. The matchups inside the matchups, taking it a step further from Bull Bull. You know, they're, they're front line. they got a couple under 6'9 guys that start. One of them much thicker, a bigger guy in Paul White. I'd anticipate that's where you'll see guards probably start out on him and Cook guarding Bull Bull, go in that direction. And uh, the guard core, and this is really what concerns me I think most, is Pritchard, the point guard for Oregon. He can score. He can facilitate first time out. He took a lot more of a scoring role. The next time out, he was more of a facilitator and had eight assists and I don't think a turnover in the game. He can control the game. He can control the pace. He's an excellent point guard. Now how does Bohannon match up? What do they do defensively against him? And it gets into many of the things we talked about going back to last year with this Iowa basketball team. you got to find a way to get stops. Can they get stops against the Ducks? That's my concern.
2: So I walked in here, Trent, went out know, commercial break, got some coffee, came in here, and what did I say? I can't wait for this game. Yeah. I'm really excited, man. This is a measuring stick to see. I mean, we're going to be able to gauge a lot. Like you say, Tyler Cook, you brought that up. He's probably going to be guarding, I would guess, bowl. Um, That's what I think. Yeah, I did. I, I believe I heard you say that a couple of days ago or maybe even today. And uh, I think I agree with you. Obviously, everybody needs to help. You need to play team defense, Trent. That's one that's one thing where we don't don't worry just about your guy. That's what great defense is is when you play defense as a whole connected. So that's what we're going to see. Connected defense if I was going to be something resembling a good program that wants to make the NCAA tournament this year. That's what we'll see. You brought up the point guard, Trent. Um not going to pretend like I know the Oregon point guard. I don't. So you can tell me about him. Is it quickness? Is it speed? Is it Shooting, is it a little bit of everything, a good leader? Because, yeah, we need to see that out of Bohannon. I think we all like Bohannon, right? But Mm -hmm. there's things he needs to improve on that's obvious. We're not making that up. That's not being mean. He needs to work on his lateral quickness. How much can you improve that? You can improve that by anticipation, film watch. um, His other players around him on defense can understand what he's good at and what he's not good at and where they, they could help shore that up if that makes any sense. So there's so many storylines to this game and the fact that Vegas thinks this is going to be a close game, I never thought that would be, that it was going to be this close. This makes me think that we are too close to this Trent and that maybe we have to, you know, take another look at that and that's why I only bet 100 bucks versus 200, 300, in in and <laughs> what I'm going to do in the segment.
1: Oh, I, I think we're going to find out a little something-something there. We'll see.
2: Maybe I'll go to 300,
1: 400. Whoa, whoa, whoa Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, Pritchard's not a guy that's going to wow you with athleticism. He's a white dude, and he's not McClung from Georgetown that, like we saw the other night. Reverse Duncan on the Illini. <laughs> he's not that kind of athlete. You know who actually he reminds me a ton of? Former Iowa point guard Jeff Horner. That's who Pritchard really reminds me of. Remember how Horner could really control things. He good, good shooter. I think that is a very good kind of comparison that you're looking at tonight, Bohannon against Horner at uh,
2: this point. That's poison. interesting. That's fun. That's a fun comparison. Yeah. Now that you've seen both of them. Now Horner, the thing I loved about Horner and Bohannon mm-hmm. is they didn't just shoot it to the three point line. Yeah, it was like kind of like Horner was a little bit. I'm not gonna say ahead of his time, but I used to get fun of, make fun of Alfred because I swear that he didn't think. Of, which is weird coming from a a coach that used to be able to really shoot, he acted like a 21-and-a-half-footer was worse than a 20. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he, he didn't like the 22-footer. I don't understand yeah. that. That's so stupid. Now, looking back, I said well, it at the it's time. Steve
1: Alford. Of course it's stupid. <laughs> We're going to take trying. a break. I'm going to puke. You brought up his name, the Eric. one that shouldn't be mentioned, and we will yeah. come back. Here's yeah. a wastebasket. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. We're coming back on the other side. We'll dive deeper into this game and a look around college basketball. Purdue in action right now in uh, their matchup as they play in Charleston in their preseason tournament. The Big Ten off to a good start. Michigan last night against Villanova. Talked about Wisconsin the other night, how good they looked against Xavier. How about Indiana? Romeo Lankford, who I think I got a crush. He is awesome. We'll talk about that more coming up next. Chris Dobertine joins us from SB Nation.
0: 1700, the champ with the DA Show. Every weekday from 8 to 11 a.m. Damon Emma Delora keeping it real. With a twist. It's green, Moran. Come on, move it, you clowns. 1700, the champ. Right now, traffic.
1: Looks like we have a couple of things going on right now. First of all, we have an accident on I-80 going eastbound at Highway 65. And it looks like that's backed up traffic to the East Mixer. Delays there could be up to 10 minutes. And then we have another accident that has left the center lane blocked on I-235 going westbound to 56th Street. It has
2: backed up traffic to 35th Street. And that's your look at traffic. Drive safe out there, Des Moines, and have a great afternoon. This report is sponsored by Lowe's. Now at Lowe's, save $30 on a four-tool, 20-volt cordless combo kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, flashlight, two batteries, and more. All for just $169. Offer valid through 1121 while supplies last. See store for details U.S. only.
1: in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts.
0: Hey, it's Opie. What's up? You may know me from my years in radio talking to famous funny people while locked away in a dark studio. Well, I'm finally free! I have a new place to talk, the Opie Radio Podcast. You'll get unfiltered conversations with unpredictable guests, and it doesn't hurt that it's hilarious. Just go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, ask your smart speaker, or go wherever you get your podcasts. It's easy, free, and on demand. The Opie Radio Podcast.
2: Download it! No, no, no. Everywhere I go, I hear no. no. It's even November. But not this month. Hey, Joe Clements here from Capital, Capital City, City Motor Company. Company. I'm asking Des Moines to say yes during my Yes-Vember sales event. Say yes to a nicer, newer car. Say yes for up to 4500 bucks more for your trade. Say yes, yes even if you've had credit problems in the past. Get up to 4500 bucks more than appraised value during Yes-Vember. Don't let the others tell you no. We're giving bad credit to bird. <laughs> my one and only, for the people, credit approval process is like butter. Because we're on a roll, baby. We take out the mess and the stress and just say yes to you. So say yes to a nicer newer car. Say yes for up to 4,500 bucks more for your old clunker. Say yes even if you've heard no in the past. But hurry, this offer ends after the first 75 people gobble up a nicer newer car. I'm Joe Clemens and I'm your dealer for the people. Come see us at Capital City Motor Company in Des Moines on East University. One block off I-235 on the State Fair side. Call two six five-1467 or online at ApprovedByJoe.com. ApprovedByJoe.com www.approvedbyjoe.com Approved purchase price affects actual trade allowance. All terms subject to approval.
1: a dedicated agent and much more head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are charterhouse real estate and we are changing the way you think about
4: selling your home.
0: Charterhouse real estate is a team office under space simply. You're invited to experience great customer service and incredible deals at Billion Buick GMC in Clive. Our reviews say it all.
2: I didn't feel pressured. It was a very smooth process.
0: Our salesman came in on his day off. Now that's going above and beyond. People also appreciate the huge inventory including the incredible all new 2019 GMC Sierra. You're invited to Billion Buick GMC in Clive or billionauto.com/gmc. We are professional grade. Beep, beep, beep.
1: Wolfgang sending out tweets, and uh, we're getting the people's opinion right now. Iowa, Oregon tonight. Ducks lay in the four, and you said everybody that said they'd bet on Oregon.
2: Yeah, I just tweeted it out, but I mean, these are Hawkeye fans. I mean, they're you know, on Twitter. He mm-hmm. said Hawks by a million, but he's obviously winking because that's not going to happen. But everybody else has had, uh, yeah, Iowa is not... They're taking Oregon minus the four. In other words, Oregon, if you're not a gambler, or to, Oregon to win by more than four, mm-hmm. and both you and I are Hawkeye fans, and we're looking at it going, yeah, unfortunately, I agree.
1: What are we missing here? Maybe Chris Dobertine from SB Nation can fill us in, bloggingthebracket.com, and with all the tournaments happening right now, there is not a better place to go than blogging the bracket. Every tournament, where the games are televised, where you can find them, Chris has you covered. Good afternoon, Chris. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hoops is here. It, it is here, hot and heavy. We got Purdue really? up. We, we, we're <laughs> watching a little Valpo Western Kentucky now. Earlier today, I watched Alabama get throttled. I'm betting on all these games. I got an addiction problem. I, I get it. March Madness is incredible. You know, end of February, you got conference races. That's all well and good. This time of year, though, what a great way to kick off the basketball season.
3: Yeah, this really is. It's it's very fitting. You're getting ready for that festive period for for the Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year period, and you get this nice, you know, this nice two weekends, long weekends with afternoon basketball, and that goes into next week as well. It it really is just an incredible time of year to be a fan. And I'm wondering next year with with an earlier start and a later Thanksgiving, how that's going to work out. Are we going to have a few more tournaments, maybe a couple weekends before Thanksgiving? I mean, the possibilities are endless, really.
1: That they are. And uh, one that we're looking at certainly tonight is Iowa against Oregon, Madison Square Garden. Game two from the Garden, more than likely looking about at eight thirty tip-off there with the Hawkeyes and the Ducks. We've talked about it since the point spread came out yesterday. When I was looking at the Ken Palm numbers, he also had it as a four-point Oregon yep. victory. You know, Chris, what are we missing here with this Hawkeye team? I, I think – A lot of it has to do with last year. There were expectations in state, and we know how the season turned out here. But how good do you think this Iowa basketball team could be?
3: Well, I think this is going to be a very interesting game for the fact that Oregon, you know, is is a pretty big team. They rank fifth in the country in average height. But Iowa's also a top 20 team in average height, too. So this this is going to be a nice challenge for Oregon, in particular, a team that, you know, took on Portland State and Eastern Washington, two big sky teams that really didn't offer any resistance at all. This was really their first challenge, their first real opportunity to see how good they can actually be. And in turn, it's the same thing for Iowa, because you know, UM, Pacey, and Green Bay were two teams that, you know, really provided no opportunity for them to really provide, you know, much resistance, but they provided a little bit more than, you know, kind of what Oregon got. So I think that it's gonna be interesting to see if you know, if if that was kind of one of those situations where the Hawkeyes, you know, really maybe still kinda of aren't there yet because those two their two preliminary round opponents kinda of held them down a little bit more than, you know, the two teams that the Oregon's played so far. But I, I think that really size wise, they're gonna really provide a nice challenge for the ducks and you know, offensively, Iowa's looked pretty good so far, and if they can kind of keep that up, that's going to be a great thing for them and potentially, you know, getting a close loss or maybe a close win, maybe flipping the table a little bit tonight.
2: Yeah, Chris, this is Wolfgang. I, this is probably a stupid question. I, I found it interesting what you were saying there with Oregon. I think you said top five in the country height-wise, and you also said Iowa's up there. Has there been any, like, analysis of what that equals in terms of wins over years?
3: I don't think there really has been yet. I think, of course, on the side of Oregon is that you have Bull Bull kind of there at his height kind of, you know, skewing the numbers a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think it might be a little more even today just because of that, just because I was a little bit, you know, taller kind of across the board than Oregon is. But I think that that's something that really kind of needs to be looked at. You know, you kind of think about it. You know, you have teams that have more height, more wingspan, You know, what kind of defense are they running? Are they kind of like in that Syracuse mold talking about teams that could come up tomorrow? You know, are they using that height to their advantage and that wingspan to, you know, run an effective zone? What kind of things are they doing? I think that's something the statistical community needs to look at probably a little bit more.
1: Chris Dobertine joining us as we talk college basketball with a look around. You can find Chris's updated bracket over at SBNation.com and bloggingthebracket.com where you can find all of his work. Uh, We're going through... The tournaments that are out there, speaking of Iowa, they will play tomorrow either UConn or Syracuse, win or lose, depending on, of course, what side of the bracket they go and what happens in game one. Give us a hit here. UConn rebuilding under Hurley. Syracuse looks to have a really good team, maybe one of Beheim's better teams top to bottom that he has had in quite a while. What do you think we're going to see in game number one at MSG? Uh, I'm
3: hoping it's not going to be another six overtime game. <laughs> and yeah, that Iowa-Oregon game season. might be starting at midnight. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be a very interesting close contest, mostly because UConn is playing a lot better offensively than they had, you know, all last year in Kevin Ollie's, you know, final couple of years. Dan Hurley's really got them kind of going again. You know, they've got Jalen Adams playing really well and kind of running the show there. So I, I think that offensively it's going to be really good. Um, Frank Howard not playing for Syracuse might hurt them a little bit defensively. So I'm kind of curious to see how they actually how they actually do in their first game against Eastern Washington. They played a really it was a real slog. The defense really kind of helped them out there and, and bailing them out and keeping Eastern Washington completely out of the game. And then Moorhead State, a little bit more of a high octane attack, gave them a little bit more of a trouble, more, you know, gave them more trouble on Saturday. So I think that UConn is going to be a really solid test for them, especially if they're losing if they're without one of their best defenders.
2: Yeah, Chris, uh, personally I, I would love to see Iowa beat Oregon. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I'd like to see Iowa go against Syracuse just because I'm always fascinated with Syracuse and their defense and the zone and why more people don't try that. Is it just too hard for coaches to teach that, or, or why don't they do that more?
3: Well, like I said, a lot of it is personnel. Jim Beheim recruits to get guys who have the length, who can really kind of clog things up in the middle and really just spread things out and make it very difficult, you know, on shooters, especially in the mid-range, you know, to kind of keep that zone going. And that's really something that if you're not used to running it, you know, Mm -hmm. Mike Hopkins at Washington is kind of the other guy now at this point who's really kind of running it pretty effectively. If you're not used to having that personnel and kind of getting your your guys who are kind of used to it and kind of have that makeup for it, it's a very difficult thing to kind of run consistently.
1: Chris, uh, over to some of the other matchups we're going to see coming up this weekend. Of course, Maui at the forefront of things. Iowa State will be involved in that one, starting money as they get Arizona in the opening round. A Cyclone team that is dealing with injury. Lindell Wiggington going to be out at least until December. A couple of suspensions also happening with Cam Lard sitting out along with Tally. They're dealing with a lot right now. Tell us a little bit about the Wildcats, certainly not the team with, the, with Aiton and company that we saw a year ago, that matchup in the field with no Shamanad this year, as stacked as you're going to find.
3: Yeah, it's the most loaded Maui invitation they have ever had. And, you know, that's basically the granddaddy of them all, especially now the great Alaska shootout's not happening anymore. And Arizona, again, one of those teams that we really don't know how good they're actually going to be. They haven't played a team ranked better than 291st in ten Palm so far. So they've completely obliterated Houston Baptist, Cal Poly and UTEP. But that means, you know, absolutely nothing. But, again, that Iowa State matchup offers an opportunity for them because, as you said, the Cyclones are shorthanded. You know, the great thing about these exempt tournaments and playing these three games in three or four days you know you get an opportunity when you're a team that's kind of trying to figure itself out trying to figure out that chemistry trying to build yourselves up for you know the later season as you have those quick games and quick succession you're really able to kind of get used you know it's trial by fire and i think that that's something that arizona you know is going to really have to be careful of you know, Iowa State's got to be careful because I think Arizona is going to be one of those teams that are really going to want to show that they're actually not didn't fall off quite as far as everybody thought they did, even with all those losses they had in the off season.
2: Yeah, Gonzaga. Um, what is your opinion on them? I, I think I love them, but part of me hates <laughs> them as as a fan of a team that can't really get it going with the NCAA tournament and hasn't had very many wins. What is Gonzaga doing over there? And how? I mean, it's unbelievable the success they've had.
3: It's just a matter of having the right coach and just, you know, being able to kind of build on your success. You see every once in a while, like you'll probably see it potentially this year with, with Royal and you've seen it with Northern where you're able to have, you know, one, maybe two, maybe even three years in a row where you have really good seasons, but for them to be actually, to be able to do that and to actually be able to go and be willing to play pretty much anybody, anywhere and, going on the road and playing you know, good teams, playing in neutral sites, and actually winning some of those games, if you're able to do that consistently year after year after year, you're going to be able to build yourself into a program that ranks among the power six, power seven conferences, even though you're in a conference that's way outside of that group. And and Mark Few has really been able to do that in Gonzaga and there really is no way, I, I think, to really kind of knock them out until he you know, ends up retiring or going to another job. I think that they're, they're here to stay as long as he, as he is.
1: So uh, on the top side of the Maui bracket, Duke is over there. Of course, Auburn is over there. Now, on the surface, you're talking about basketball history. It's not even close here. How good is yeah. this Auburn team? What Pearl has been able to create? And is this a team equipped to give at least Duke a game?
3: I think they can definitely give Duke a game. I think Duke will probably have a little bit too much for them, but I think that that draws a little unfortunate for the Tigers because, especially thinking about how they took apart Washington on Friday night, that is a is a very scary team. And you think about kind of how Kentucky has struggled early in the season, getting blasted by Duke. I think it's going to be a very interesting comparison if that game happens next Tuesday. You know how Auburn can kind of compete against Duke, and that I think that's really going to kind of set, I think, its expectations for the SEC season, you know, considering that Tennessee's going to be up there as well. I think that it could be a situation where Tennessee and Auburn might be in position to kind of, you know, be the league favorites over Kentucky, even with the Wildcats having all that hype coming into the season.
2: Yeah, Chris, this Duke team, um, people are really impressed with this team so far. How could you not be? Um, could Duke possibly be the Alabama of basketball this year? I mean, are they that good, or are we just are we going too far here so far?
3: I think what I really want to see out of them is it's going to take a while. They don't play their first two road game until they go to Wake on January the 8th, and honestly, that's probably not going to be the best test for them because Wake is terrible at this point. Mm-hmm. They play Florida State on the 12th, January 12th, on a Saturday, and I think that really is the game to me that's going to really kind of dictate They, you know, Florida State has given Duke and North Carolina a lot of trouble in Tallahassee. And I think that if they can get out of that game, especially with a big Monday game against Syracuse coming around 48 hours later, that's one of those games where I think we can kind of figure out if they are going to kind of be the Alabama of college basketball. And, of course, the other thing of it is is there are so many more opportunities in college basketball than there are in football, especially when you get in the NCAAs Mm -hmm. and you have those quick turnarounds it's very hard to kind of play at that Alabama level when you have so many more opportunities to be tripped up.
1: Chris, I know it's a busy time for you right now with all the non-conference tournaments going on, bloggingthebracket.com. Keep everything updated over there. What else are you working on as we get through this long, long couple of weeks for you?
3: This is this is pretty much it right now. Kind of that, kind of making my kind of assessments for going into the next bracket, which actually probably won't come out until we get the conference season.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But I'll probably have some nice little thoughts on where these terms kind of leave us as we head into December.
1: Thank you, Chris. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. Chris Dobertine joining us. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Chris Dobertine. Again, bloggingthebracket.com, everything going on. You're looking for an update in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. He's got you covered. (laughs) You're wondering what's happening out there. What happened to Alabama today against Northeastern? He's got you covered. Great, great reference point for all the college basketball going on. Coming back on the other side, we're back into the football, talking Big 12 football, Iowa State, Texas. We break it down with Pete Munder from Heartland College Sports as we continue on The Drive.
0: Wake up with the all-new morning show on 1700 The Champ. Taz and the Moose. Every weekday morning from 5 to 8. Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 The Champ with Central Iowa's most accurate forecast from Local 5.
4: For tonight, mostly clear. Cool and breezy. Low of 32. Increasing clouds on Friday. Still decent. A high of 46. A little snow Saturday morning, but less than an inch. And a cold day with a high of 30. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards.
1: Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa to help with your franchise law needs. Niggett with Brick Gentry Law PC provides law services for those involved in starting a new franchise. Find more information online at RushOnBusiness.com where Niggett can assist you in buying or starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school football season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry Law PC,
0: That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right
1: roofing.
2: This report is sponsored by Lowe's. Now at Lowe's, save $30 on a four-tool, 20-volt cordless combo kit featuring a drill, impact driver, reciprocating saw, flashlight, two batteries, and more. All for just $169. Offer valid through 1121 while supplies last. See store for details U.S. only.
0: Now at Menard's,
2: save big money in your next project with 11% off everything. Stay connected and protected with Chamberlain. Pick up a half-horsepower ultra-quiet belt drive garage door opener. It has built-in Wi-Fi for convenient mobile control. And is only $168.21 after-sale price and 11% off. Get 11% off everything now at Menard's. Good through November 17th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menard's.
0: The Drive with Wolfgang and Trent Condon. Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ.
1: STP, all right with you, Wolfgang, with uh, the bumper music. This one, all right with you? Absolutely. I like them back in the day,
2: and I still like them. Absolutely. That's
1: the only way to do it. you got to go old school, because I'm getting old and uh i'll get older tonight depending on what happens in that hoops game we'll get into that a little bit more but it's time to talk football once again pete mundo joining us from heartland college sports the well possible uh tilt that could decide who plays in the big 12 championship game now both these teams rooting against west virginia but certainly a lot on the line iowa state texas just like we had it before the year right pete mundo
4: yeah, I mean, that's why this game was put on Longhorn Network, right, Trent? Because everyone thought it was going to decide a Big 12 title outcome. I mean, it's, uh, it's sad that it's on the Longhorn Network. It is what it is. We can't switch it. But, yeah, this is just how everybody, and especially everybody in Austin, planned
1: it, I'm sure. You know, it's funny you bring that up because it's been a talking point, as you can imagine, with Cyclone fans that don't have DirecTV or Dish and don't get the Longhorn Network. And uh, I had a couple of people complain earlier this week about it, and I said, very frankly to them, you should think, you're lucky stars, that there is the Longhorn Network because without it, the Big 12 as we know it would be no more. They would be out in the Pac-16 with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and maybe A&M and Texas Tech. And the Big 12 would be the Kansas schools and Iowa State and TCU, maybe Baylor, Central Florida, Memphis. It, it would be a completely different conference, and it wouldn't be a major conference. So as much as you might hate it for this game, Be happy there is a Longhorn Network. That's the way I put it, Pete. Am I all wet here? Well, it's a it's it's a
4: very I would say it's a very optimistic uh, spin on it, Trent. It's not. I I don't know if you're wrong there. The other side of the coin is, in theory, the old Big Twelve could still be intact if uh, Nebraska, Texas A and M, and some others didn't finally say, "Well, you know what? We're sick of Texas trying to play by its own set of rules." Now, neither of us know what actually would have happened, but there's your theory, which is a fair theory that. Without the Longhorn Network, the Big 12 is basically the AAC. The other theory is potentially that if Texas doesn't try to put together a Longhorn Network, maybe A and M, Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri don't bolt. So, uh, but you know what? I like your optimism because I know that's exactly what Iowa State fans need this week.
2: Yeah, Pete. Uh, as far as the Big 12 goes, let's stick there for just a second. Um, what kind of shot does Oklahoma have to get in there? I mean, is it is it really an uphill battle there?
4: For what the college football playoff?
2: Yeah, to get into the Final Four because they're just killing their defense. Uh,
4: yeah, I I don't know. Wolfgang, I was watching the, uh, the the ranking show on I guess that was Tuesday night, and you know they're already prepping OU for why they shouldn't be in the playoff. I, we know that's what ESPN is going to do. I mean they they have their dream scenario of two SEC teams, <laughs> Notre Dame and Michigan or Ohio State. That's what they want. You know that's 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 always what they've wanted. Uh, not that Oklahoma's not a good sell. It certainly is a national brand. But if, if ESPN had its brothers, it's two SEC teams, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's Notre Dame, and then it's Michigan or Ohio State, they can do without Clemson. Uh, you know, I think OU still has a good shot at it, but uh, the defense certainly has to pick it up a little bit. But they can absolutely win out these next three games. I mean, you know, I don't see any reason they can't do that, no matter who they're going to play in the Big 12 championship game. Um, but then it comes down to what happens around the rest of the country. I mean, the entire Big 12, or especially OU fans, should be rooting for Notre Dame to lose a game here because that'll throw a whole wrench in the darn thing. I don't think Notre Dame is as good as, you know, number two or three in the country, but an undefeated Notre Dame is getting in. It's it's whether you like it or not. So uh, the defense is a problem, but they also need help, even if the defense holds up the next two, three weeks.
1: Pete, we saw, obviously, West Virginia make their way here to our fine state and look awful in the process. Will Greer had 100 yards passing against the Cyclones, and it's still difficult for me to wrap my mind around when you hear all this conversation. You watch them other times, and they look like a different football team. Just how good, in your mind, is West Virginia?
4: You know, Trent, I'm still trying to figure that out myself at times because They're hot, they're cold. You know, that loss of the NC State game in the non-conference, that would have been a very telltale sign as to how good this team is. Uh, We would have gotten an early sense into it. We knew Tennessee was junk. They played them week one. Mm -hmm. When the NC State game was canceled by Hurricane Florence, I thought, first off, it was a great opportunity for West Virginia to have a very good non-conference win if they were going to have a, you know, legitimate shot at the college football playoff. And secondly, it would have told us a lot about how good this team actually is. You know they they lose to Iowa State in embarrassing fashion, and then they go down to Austin and they beat Texas on an incredible uh, final drive. And then you know uh, stones of steal from Dana Holgerson there on the two point conversion call. So they ebb and flow. I do think the defense has picked something up here over the last couple of weeks that it didn't have uh, earlier. And also, ever since the Iowa State game, Dana Holgerson he will not admit it, but they clearly Dana Holgerson is much more involved in the offensive play calling than he was. Iowa State game, and before, he has kind of reined in Jake Spavittal because, if you recall, he gave Jake Spavitol all the play-calling duties last season, and he has vented about Jake Spavitol indirectly quite a few times over the last season and a half. So I think the Iowa State game was kind of the final straw where it's like, I'm coming back into that play-calling room, I'm coming back into the quarterback's room because you are seeing them use the tight end more uh, in the scene, something they should have been doing against Iowa State with what John Haycock was trying to do there. They didn't do it there were no adjustments um so I do think if that game were to be played again to be much closer West Virginia might be able to win it but uh it, it's unlikely we see that matchup in a couple of weeks
2: yeah Pete we've had some fun conversations around here um Notre Dame Michigan if they played right now who'd be better I was of the opinion of Michigan I still think that way but I've been brought to the fact well new quarterback he looks good new running back he looks good um Do you have a pick, like if they literally get into the Final Four and had to play one another, who you would take? You know, I I honestly,
4: uh, outside of a couple of key games, I have not watched enough of either team to make an educated uh, prediction on that. You know, I like what Notre Dame's got with the new quarterback as well, but I'm going to be totally honest. I have not seen enough of either team to make an educated opinion on that.
1: Talking with Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports, as we take a look around the Big 12. Pete, uh, to the matchup that we're going to see with Iowa State-Texas, I know that David Montgomery's not going to be there. I, I know that the defensive backfield showed some cracks against Brewer and Baylor before Brewer uh, was ejected from the game last week. You know, But I just think Iowa State's a better football team. How do you break this game down?
4: Well... You know, with this game in particular, I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, okay, Iowa State has got to be able to play the level of defense that it's played over the last you know, couple of weeks, whatever it might be. Really, since the West Virginia game, uh, the defense has been absolutely incredible during this five-game winning streak. Um, so, you know, I know that you're not going to have David Montgomery for the first half this week, but I-, I think that's okay. Texas's defense is broken. I mean, it hasn't been that Todd Orlando defense of last year. It just hasn't been. They've allowed a lot more points, a lot more yards, whether it's West Virginia, um, whether it's you know any of the games they played here over the last month. It just it has not been the defense of last season. So I think Iowa State goes into this game and says, okay, first off, we can exploit their cornerbacks. We saw Oklahoma State do that even after Chris Boyd and Devontae Davis came back into the game. They were suspended for the first quarter of that one. When they came back in... Oklahoma State was still able to exploit the cornerbacks for Texas. i go to Hakeem Butler right off the bat. What can he do down the field? Nobody can stop him in the Big 12. That's where I'm starting this thing, and then I'd work in the running game. I'd start with the passing attack, and then I'd build the run game off of that for Iowa State, and defensively, you know, Texas has gotten better. Sam Ellinger is good. The offensive line has improved, but this Iowa State defense is as good as any in the country. So I really like what John Haycock is doing on that side of the ball. Texas's offense has talent, but it's not overly uh, unique. It's just there's there's not a lot of uh, ingenuity to it. So if Iowa State can establish the passing game, lead that to the running game, and just play good enough defense, they have a great chance this weekend.
2: Yeah, Pete. As far as Texas in the future goes, you're you're seeing what they're doing right now. They got a shot to play for the Big Twelve championship. How close are they to being? Um like big time, making the Final Four maybe next year or the year after. Do you have an opinion on that?
4: Yeah, I think next year is their year. I mean, I know it's, it's always next year with Texas. Everyone always says, oh, it's yeah. next year with Texas. And I know we, we, we say that time and time again, but you're seeing it this year. This team has come a long way from that Maryland loss in Week 1, uh, from the offensive line to the wide receivers to Ellinger. I mean, Ellinger is, is in many ways, and I'm not saying this to, to blow smoke, but he is a mini Tim Tebow in a lot of ways, but he's got a better arm, and that's that's what. And he's right-handed, I guess. That's the other thing about him. Hmm. Uh, but I think he's got a lot of those leadership qualities. And as a junior next year, with that team, with another offseason for Tom Herman and those that great freshman class that was third in the nation last year, having another season under its belt, uh, and Kyler Murray gone for OU now. OU with Lincoln Riley still there is going to be great with that offense, but especially with Murray gone, transitioning to somebody else. Next year is the year that Texas is going to be picked to win this conference.
1: Final one for me. I'll let Wolfgang finish up with you here, Pete, as we're talking with Pete Mundo from Heartland College Sports. Uh, Kansas State, is this the end of days as they limp to the finish for Bill Snyder, or do you expect him to be back for 2019?
4: Well, it should be the end of Bill Snyder, but Bill Snyder finds a way. Uh, for you know, I don't know who he's got pictures of there at K State, <laughs> but he just finds a way to continue to hold on to that job. And I get it. Listen, the guy's a legend there. It's he, what he has done for that program and for that university. They can't pay him back enough. I mean, without Bill Snyder, uh, you know, there may be no Kansas State football anymore, and they may be playing you know with Wichita State uh, in college basketball. That's what that program and that university might be about if Bill Snyder doesn't come along thirty years ago. That being said, Bill Snyder was paid very handsomely for the work that he did. Um, you know, he's got a stadium named after him. He's got a statue. They've taken care of Bill Snyder and his family. You know, his son has worked there. Uh, they've taken care of the Snyder family many times over and many millions of dollars over. So, uh, the idea that he should be able to hold this program hostage is not fair to Kansas State. It never has been. So, I believe this should be the end of bill snyder um i also think we're we're probably at about 50 50 here if you were to put a gun to my head and say is this it for bill snyder i think it is i think there's been enough noise from the media from the boosters from the fans that finally gene taylor the new ad is going to say this has to end now because it's only going to get worse and it's only going to get nastier with our fan base and other people so i think it's just slightly better than 50 50 this is it for snyder the sad part is he didn't, you know, he's not going to have said anything until maybe, I don't know, right after the game. And it's not going to give a chance to for the fans to say goodbye to him in a proper way. And and that would have been nice if he just had uh, put the ego aside for a little bit and allowed himself to have a little farewell tour.
1: Thank you, Pete. Thanks for joining us as always.
4: Yeah, Trent Wolfgang, anytime, guys. Thanks, Love
1: Pete. That. Pete Mundo joining us here. Heartland College sports for you Big 12 fans. Always great work over there. Predictions, podcasts. All kinds of great writing and a great look at the Big 12, a conference that overall is is underserved, it seems. And we got one. uh, Well, we got a Big 12 fan here in the building. We're near Oklahoma stuff. I wanted to ask him about Texas Tech. Interested? Remind me
2: to ask the next Big 12 guy. I mean, because they've lost three games in a row, but they've been close.
1: We're getting a break. Top five at five around the corner. Zubo Hente also will join us in hour two. Every Chiefs football game
0: right here. Terminate this football game.
1: The Chiefs radio
0: network lives on 1700. Oh,
3: let's go champ.
0: The champ.
3: It's green, Mora.